Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're inching closer to more football on Thursday and the weekend, and we've got a lot to get to, including a baseball preview for tonight's wildcard game, a recap of an exciting one last night, and the latest on the practice reports in the NFL. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. we got Sean Guastamacchia producing this program. You can catch his TV show 4 o'clock Eastern at the betting window. You can catch Joe's work all over the Internet, all over the web, all over fan tracks, Line Star. I don't know. Is there somewhere that you can't find Joe? Probably not. But if you want to reach him directly, here's how you do it. Go on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17 or you can certainly follow our show along here at Craig Mish as well. And Joe, uh, on this Wednesday, I, I normally would say that we would start off with a lot of football discussion, and we certainly have two hours to get to, but I gotta say that uh, this afternoon, baseball stealing the headlines a little bit, which is a nice thing. Of course, I'm a huge baseball fan and doing fantasy and reality and covering baseball for a long time. And uh, man, if we could just bottle up that game that we saw last night between the Nationals and Brewers and play that out for the next month, baseball is going to have a huge win. The question is, will that happen? And we don't know the answer. No, we don't. It's a lot of people don't like the one game playoff, but it's a game seven. It's an artificial game seven, but that's what it is. And it was it was a great game. The excitement, you could feel it in the building and then that just mounting in the comeback. I think there's so many takeaways from that game, too. It was Steven Strasburg finally reaching that level of what the expectations were so many years ago. I I mean, am I wrong in saying this? But wasn't that almost 10 years ago when Steven Strasburg debuted? I I want to say it was a long time. Okay, it was like 10 years ago and our expectations were so high. And then I remember him going into the playoffs and not starting him at all because they were worried. And there he is coming in relief in this everything on the table game. And that was an amazing thing to see. The three innings that he pitched really helped lock that down. I think it energized the team. Soto getting a hit off Hater, incredible. The guy is just money. You saw in that draft a couple weeks ago I did on Fantrax we talked about here on the show. He was my number one pick. I just think this guy, sky's the limit for him. I can't imagine how good he could be in three, four years from now. But it, it was it was great. It was awesome. I, I think you can bottle this, Craig. I think the I way so. you do it is you turn it, you turn the second half of the regular season into a different format. You turn it into a playoff seeding tournament style format and you just play it out and by the time you get to this everything is raging because all the games matter and you've been so into it and then September it was like that final stretch of it and then you play the World Series in October and you make the regular season the postseason at a time where sports is dead in the middle of the summer where kids are off from school and they could watch the games and like I know I'm ranting about this but this is my dream come true I want baseball to survive I want it to do well attendance was at really bad numbers this year overall and it's sad because when you see games like that and how great baseball can be as a sport in those moments, it it's 
there's nothing like that, period. There is nothing like the drama of a baseball game unfolding like that. It was amazing to watch. It was great to see. I feel bad the Brewers' season ended that way. Look, it was a great year for them, but the Nationals finally got off the schneid, man. It was great. Yeah, and I, and it's interesting that, so last night after the game, I sent a tweet out that they you know finally broke through, and I got crushed, man. Like A lot of people were like, broke through what? It was one game, and like, oh, they didn't win a series. They won a wild card game, and I took a step back and thought, wow, like was my perspective wrong on that a little bit because I didn't get a ton of clap back, but I got enough from baseball fans to tell me that maybe that was a bad take. Joe, is that a bad take? No. Do the Nationals not deserve credit for that? I'm just asking. Of course they do. But considering where they've been at in the playoffs and all of the expectations they've had and the Harper performances and all the things that they've dealt with in the last few years being in the playoffs and not being able to close the deal. I remember those games against the Giants. Oh, my God, torture. That absolutely matters. Whether or not you want – yes, the perspective they didn't win a series is fine. But mentally, this is something this organization needed. This is something the, the fans needed. This is something the players needed. And I think now, now that that monkey's off their back, whatever happens in L.A., that's going to be gravy. I hope they push that into a long series. I hope it's really competitive. I hope we see the best Max Scherzer we can because I think that's what they're going to need in order to win that series or be competitive sure. in that series. But no, I don't think that's a bad take at all. I think that's probably. I'm curious when the people were mad at you, were they Brewers fans? Or yeah, you know like, what? It could be that, and I didn't. Mm, I didn't double check yeah. that, and that's that's a fair. It's point. like when I get Aaron Rodgers takes, and uh, everyone's wearing a cheese head, and oh, yeah, uh, people no, that's, don't like that's that. Part of it. Yeah. Um, what I would ask is this: is that if it, whether you judge it on breaking through or you judge it on winning a series from an impartial point of view, and I think the question that you'd have to ask yourself specifically about the Nationals is this. Did right now, as of right now, did they have a successful season? The answer is yes. Yes. Oh, 100. The answer how, is how yes. not call it a successful season? After that, the answer is yes. Had they lost that game last night, Joe, if we're basing it on the postseason, the answer would be no. Now, well, also, I, think, I would you, say this. I would say this. Right, Craig? Well, but Craig, isn't a cumulative no? Because oh, it is. It is. But if, them, if, if they got whacked again, Joe, in that. No, that's what I'm saying. If they got whacked yeah. again, you can't call it a successful no, season because no, you, of where no, the Nats have been in the playoffs the last few years. And I would also say this, that if they go to L.A. and they get swept, I would say. It was a, a successful season. Maybe it could have been a little bit better. I would like to see them win a game for sure against L.A. and keep this thing close. But overall, impartially, to me, I would say it was a successful season. As an example, even the if they Indian- lose in a game seven, it's a successful oh, season. No, even if they lose in four games, the Indians did not have a successful season. I don't think. I mean, they're, no. a, po- they're a postseason team every year. They did not make the postseason. That's it. Uh, the Twins, to me, had a successful season. It's a case by case situation with each team and previous performance does matter. And it right. is an indicator matter too. I, I agree. It, it's, it's definitely part of that for sure. Did the Cubs have a successful season? No, I don't, I don't think your take was hot. I think that's ridiculous. I think considering the circumstances, I'll tell you what, you could ask anybody in that building. If it was, ask anybody who was in that of building. Course, that's fine last night. If it wasn't a big deal for them, it of was, course. it was absolutely. A big now deal. they're up against it. I mean, come on. They just used Scherzer at Strasburg in that game. And if Corbin doesn't win game one, they're in deep trouble. Well, like they well, almost Corbin, have to win that first game. Corbin is a fascinating case study because that's a guy who, if we recall, had an electric first half of a season a couple of years ago, then completely fell off in the second half. Then he dealt with injuries and then he had a brilliant season. There was questions. Is this going to carry over? And it has. He's been terrific this year. And I think if you look back at the signings, that was when they let Harper go and they decided to spend their money elsewhere, spending it on Corbin really turned out to be the right move for them as an organization. It, it made them a better baseball team. Yeah. Because Soto talk, filled the Harper void, you know? Yeah, I, t- I talked to him in spring training a lot, Corbin, and um, he was very not just happy to be there, but happy to uh, not be the one. You know, he basically was was... Like, I got two guys in front of me. I'm the three. Right. No problem whatsoever. And I think he carried that mentality over to the regular season. And 
now he is the one going into that series. But uh, I, th- I think having less pressure of having to be the guy definitely helped. You can't discount that. Uh, it happened. It happened. The same thing happened to Scherzer when he went to Detroit. The same thing happened to Garrett Cole when he went to Houston. There, you can't put a price tag on that. That is, that is a priceless thing. And maybe you know Corbin can feel like he can be the one now in the playoffs. If he has maybe to so. be. Yeah. And and I, I think they kind of need him to be at this point. And I think he's capable of delivering those kind of performances. He uh, look, he could, he could, uh, and, and being lefty against LA is is always a good thing. They got a lot yeah. of big big lefty bats, but you know certainly we'll see. And then tonight, of course, we have the Oakland A's and Tampa Bay Rays. Doesn't have quite the cachet I think that last night's game did, but um, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Coming up next, it is time for the opening drive here on Fantasy Sports Today. Let me set you up with the rest of. Our show, we got Trust or Bust coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll play our little game of is the wrong team favored. Last week, every one of the wrong teams was favored last week, ironically. (laughs) Uh, uh, There is one individual today uh, who is going to end up, you know, wagering and making or losing life-changing money for the majority of the entire country on the Houston Astros. We'll discuss that. We'll have some takeaways from week four. And Joe and I will see. uh, We'll save our professor segment for tomorrow. But Joe and I will see if we can figure out what exactly happened to Kirk Cousins, because I don't think it's just as simple as saying he sucks. Uh, I would like to dive into more of the numbers. And so Joe and I will do that in terms of passing, in terms of sacks, offensive lines some grading, uh, because this is just a fascinating case of a guy who's fallen off completely. So all that and more on this edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia, we're off and running and we've got the opening drive next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage The Opening Drive. The first play of the game. And here it is, the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. If you tuned into our first segment to hear a little football, I am sorry. But look, baseball did own the night on Tuesday. Football gets back at it tomorrow. We've got college games Thursday, Friday. By the way, uh, college football uh, fires up uh, starting Wednesday next week, too. So we'll have some fun with that as we get into more of the college football season. And by the way, next week in college football, the early games of the year. Fantastic games coming up on October the 12th. But... We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's start with the NFL, Joe. And uh, I, I ran waivers last night, of course, in the league. We'll get to that in a minute. One of the leagues that I was in, which I hate, but I did it and scored, by the way. You'll be very happy with what I got. But uh, let's start off with a player I did not get. I did not get Jalen Samuels in a league that I tried for him. Maybe that was the one I should have went all in on. Uh, James Conner, a little bit iffy for this week, Joe. I'm a Benny Snell fan. I think Snell is going to be involved eventually on the on the Steelers. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be eventually. But it's certainly based on the way that Samuels looked on Monday night. If Connor doesn't play this week against the Ravens, Joe, oh, I know how you feel about this. You must be all in as RB1 on Samuels if you start, right? 
Oh, I think you have to be. You absolutely have to be. And and Snell will get worked in if Connor's not playing, of course. But it's another troubling time. You know, you finally got a better Connor game, and now you got an injury. It's like you can't catch a break with this guy. But from what I watched of, I know I watched more Monday night than you did. You kind of protested Monday night, which is fair. You have every right to you protest. You watched 98% more than I did. I watched 98% more, which is basically saying I watched the third quarter and half the fourth quarter and then said, okay, I think I'm good. I think I know where this is going. I, I couldn't uh, do it, man. I yeah, no, it's it's fair. I don't blame you. I hope, so I hope honestly, that I don't have any uh, content for the last. This is amazing. Uh, before we get to the first down. The best so far, the best accolade, and I'm never one that gives accolades to myself ever, as people know this from years and years of listening to me. The best accolade I can give myself is I have been forced to watch every single Sunday night football game because so far in the contest that I've been doing in the Super Contest and, and the wagering things with Howard, we have not lost Sunday night yet. I mean, that is incredible to be this far into the season, and we have a choice of picking Sunday night or not. And this is the first week, Joe, I don't think that I want to bet anything to do with the Sunday night game. I don't, I don't want to bet it. I don't want to have any fantasy implications in it. I just want to take a Sunday night off for the first time because the way that I see this game is I have no clue. Well, uh, that I can, being said, I'll give you a clue on that one. If Darius Leonard is out, it doesn't matter what whatever the spread is because the Chiefs are going to go over it. It's going to it's it's trust me. They, they couldn't tackle anybody against the Raiders. That Chiefs offense is going to give them nightmares. All right. So uh, back to Samuels here for a minute. Uh, if Connor doesn't play, he's RB1 for you. Uh, right on the fringe. And here's the thing. It's it's these division games are always tight no matter what, even though I, you know, for the most part last week, not so much with Cleveland, but Cleveland was in a very do or die situation. And Nick Chubb just ran amok. Uh, considering his Mason Rudolph's there, you know, they're going to rely heavily on the running backs. And we saw them getting involved in direct snaps. We saw yeah. them running all those little gadget plays, the stuff that you see kind of, you know, it looked like an SEC game for the offense. Sometimes the things they were running, it's kind of crazy. So, yeah, Samuels is going to be heavily involved. My, it's a little early right now to speculate how much Connor is going to be available for this game. I think it's, you know, considering it's always Wednesday, let's see what happens today, who practices, who doesn't, what the situation is. But at the very least, if Samuels was out there or is out there, I think you pick him up just to speculate and hold him if you can. Yeah, that was, that was my plan going into last night, which was unsuccessful, but I did succeed in a different way, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, okay, second down, uh, college football this week, we finally have a really big game. And that is Florida against Auburn. And this is where the SEC starts to take hold, Joe. The Tigers are three-point favorites in Gainesville, which is rare. The Gators are usually favored there, but they have this freshman quarterback, Bo Nix. Auburn is now 30-1 to to win the national championship. And, Joe, this is the uh, crazy part of the season in the SEC because Florida plays Auburn. The loser of this still has a chance because, of course, Florida is still going to play LSU next week. They're still going to play Georgia in three weeks. Auburn Joe is going to play LSU. They're going to play Alabama. But this is kind of the way that it's uh, set up. And people always complain that two SEC teams get into that final four. This is why it's murderer's row starting this week. Uh, this might be a hot take from a guy who doesn't know any better. But from what I've seen so far, it looks like Florida defensively is a pretty good football team. The offensive line of Auburn, I, from what I saw in some of those games, was not super impressive. And I think Knicks is limited from what I saw. And I've watched him two games of the, where are we, five now that he's played? You know, so I haven't I haven't seen a ton of them. I did watch one full game that he played, and I think I saw also the debut game, what was it, against Oregon that they play opening week, I want to say, yep. or something yep. close to that. So yep. I felt he was a you know, freshman quarterback, you know, things that, you know, he's not able to do quite yet. Some freshman quarterbacks come in and, you know, have a lot more to offer. I think he's limited in what he can do. And it would not surprise me if Florida actually showed up. Now, Auburn defensively, I think, is pretty good, too, and they 
also tend to have big second halves. But I think this is going to be a fun football game for sure. You're right. It is murderer's row. But at the same time, I hope so. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm very worried. A gimme? I don't think this is a gimme for oh, Auburn no, at all. Not. The spread is three. It was not a gimme, but I'm very worried. I'm very worried based on what I've seen from Auburn. I'm you're, are you a Gators fan? Is that like you I have went fandom? To, in? I, yeah, that's the only thing I root for. I went to school there. I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah. I did not realize I'm you went like, to I am a Gator. I went there four years. Graduated. So who was like, who were the guys when you were in, in college here? Who was, who was your guy? Uh, who was the quarterback? Well, I mean, Fred Taylor and I are friends and still are friends to this day. Is this, like, is this the Spurrier? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nice. Eric Rett, I was friends with. Still Eric friends Rett. With to this day. Yeah. Eric Rett. Uh, Lauren, uh, you don't Tampa Bay Buck Wright. You don't remember Lawrence Wright. He played for the Bengals for a while. but he No, was- I remember Lawrence Wright. No, I was giant. I'm a giant sports nerd. I, I know I know yeah. all the guys you're talking about. Yeah, he, he and I went to high school together and college together. Um, who else was there? Uh, who was the I, quarterback I, of that team? I'm trying uh, to remember. It was uh, Danny Werfel. Oh, the Danny Werfel years. Yes, that's where you were. Okay, I got yeah. you now. I know exactly Do you remember uh, Reedell Anthony? That name I does not ring a bell, but Danny Warfel, I totally remember. This I kill your age. I kill your. Oh, I kill your. Yeah, sure. Played for yeah. the Giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of these guys. Yeah. Are, uh, the, Eric Red, I remember. That was a cool look. I remember I got an Eric Red football card. I was like, that guy looks cool. Yeah. Remember a <laughs> defensive end Kevin Carter? You remember him? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all these guys were my Good buddies team. back in the day. Look at yeah, that. Man. You hanging out there? Did you guys? I was, I was a teacher, and they were the students in one of the classes. Not, how did that get? Yeah, well, a lot of a lot, pottery, of, a lot of Madden <laughs> playing, a lot of Madden playing at my house. Let's just put it that way. Uh, instead of class, or that was the class. That was the Madden tutoring. One. That was the tutoring part. <laughs> I don't want to give away too much. It'll ruin the. Oh uh, uh, yes, yeah, no scandals. No more All scandals, right. please. Uh, speaking of which, our third down topic here: a Division Three team, Joe, ends up canceling their season. I've never heard of this before, and certainly it's Division Three, so you never want to like. You know, it's it's essentially ragging on kids for canceling a season, but it's Grinnell College. Eleven of their thirty-nine players were injured. They left just twenty-eight players left, and the athletic department basically said that there's just too many injuries and they can't play. Now, remember, Joe, this isn't Division Two even. This is Division Three, so this is like a step above high school, and and basically that's it. But I don't think that I've ever heard of this before. Do you think that this is the the right move, or do you think that they should just play and just get their you know what's kicked each week? Sounds like the beginning of a sequel to that movie, Unnecessary Roughness, or Necessary Roughness. I remember, remember that, that movie? Yeah, yeah. Remember that, that 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 seems like where this is the beginning of that sequel or the reboot where they're going to cancel the season and then they go out there and they get the forty year old freshman to play quarterback. Right. No, I mean, in Division Three, what are you going to do? I mean, you got to eventually call it a day if you don't have enough players to go out there and you what you don't so. want to do is put the rest of the kids who are still out there playing both sides of the football they're not those kind of players at this point in their life no. you're going to get kids hurt and that's at the end of the day that's what it is. none of these guys are going to go play professional football i think this is a spot where you let those kids transfer if they do want to play football somewhere else though you definitely find a way to Maybe let them do that agree but again these are these are kids that are not gonna have they're playing a, for the love of the game and that's like the most dangerous situation because those know, or the arena football league you know like i mean those guys could end up or maybe or maybe the wwe league what is it the xfl the xfl yeah, these could all end up there for sure. Anything's possible. Yeah, but not in all likelihood. The NFL's uh, supremely unlikely for these kids. But yeah, interesting story. I thought there. Uh, all right, uh, we didn't talk about this. I don't know how this slipped by me, but the Super Bowl oh. halftime show was was named a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, they're still going to be adding to it. So I was wondering, Joe, uh, you are uh, single at this point, correct? So I would wonder if you, if uh, who are you? Are you a J Lo or a Shakira? I think that's been kind of floating around the internet, and uh, I'll refrain from this one uh, for the sanctity I'll of your marriage. Trouble. Right. Yes, I'll yes, get in so trouble. It's fair. But, I'll, but I'll ask you. I'll live through oh, yeah. you on this one. I've been talking yeah. about this all week. I have a whole plan. 
Uh, because of my look, generally speaking, I have a plan already. I'm going to fly to Miami the week of the Super Bowl, yeah. and I know enough Spanish where I can just say one word at a time where I can pretend to be Pitbull, and I could show up and oh, perform yeah. at this show without a doubt. Like, I could just say, Boca, or Grande, or whatever it is, or Boca. count uno, dos, tres, cuatro. <laughs> I can I could do that just like he does pretty much in the songs. I'll get some glasses and a white suit, and then I can be on stage with the ladies, and they're both wonderful. J-Lo's 50. Can you imagine that? Oh, crazy. Unbelievable. It is. Unbelievable, crazy. but I am, I am, I've talked about this on the Black Book, talked okay. about this all over the place. Definitely Team Shakira. I don't know. I don't know what it is about her, man. I just, I love her. She's just great. The hips do not lie, Craig Mish. And um, she, there's another one, too. Talk about aging in reverse. It's unbelievable. She looks better now than she did 20 years ago. I don't know how these things work. I don't know how it happens. I don't know if it's dancing. Maybe we should dance more. Maybe that's what it is. But Could be. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be... Uh, I'm going to be watching the halftime show. I can tell you that. Yes. All right. What we'll do is take a quick time out here on the show. Trust or bust is next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. Want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? Well, why not use the most accurate projections in fantasy football? That's right. Fantasy Pros is independently rated. DailyRoto.com, the number one most accurate projection system to start the 2019 fantasy football season. Let the most accurate projections in DFS take you to the next level. Save 10% with the promo code ACTION, and you can become Daily Roto's eighth daily fantasy millionaire. Head over to DailyRoto.com premium to learn more. Again, that's DailyRoto.com slash premium promo code ACTION for your 10% discount on the most DFS accurate projection system that you can get. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And welcome back. It's time for a little trust or bust in fantasy football. I'm going to throw out some names to Joe Pizzapia. He's going to tell me whether or not you can trust them this week or if they're a bust. Ironically, I got a lot of guys heading on the road this week. And I think a couple of these you may have to start no matter what. But you know, look, maybe it is time to pivot at this point in the season. I think it could be time to pivot on a couple of these guys. But let's go through it, Joe. And let's start off with uh, a startable RB2 in every fantasy league the last two weeks. Is he startable this week against Tennessee? The running back you love to hate, Frank Gore of the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Is he startable this week against the Titans? Fantasy football, trust or bust? I don't hate Frank Gore. Frank, I just want you to know I don't hate you at all. I think you've had a brilliant career, and I think you're a workman running back who's had a wonderful go here. Hall of Fame, by the way. Probably, yeah. I mean, yes, I don't know how you keep him out. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know how keep him out, but I, I I, don't hate him. I just know the limitations of the Frank Gore game. So they've, you're right. They've been good enough to be RB2. Um, Devin Singletary's health, I, I mean, even if he can play this week, I don't know how much you can be excited about him or even how much he's possible and able to cut into Frank Gore's workload. The problem is Josh Allen not playing in this game. This is what really concerns me about Frank Gore. So when you take that to start with, and then you add in the Titans against the run have been they're like kind of in, you know, they're in the top 12 or so against the run this year. So they're pretty good run defense, not the best, but certainly very, very, you know, on the upper end of things. So I think you have to start him. 
but I think you better be looking for some boom in other places in your lineup. You better find some some guys in your flex position. You better throw an extra wide receiver in the flex if it's a full point PPR, get some extra points there because I think Barkley is going to be limited in what he can do against this Titans offense. It's going to a defense is going to be on the road and there's a lot of things. So I don't trust him, but I'm going to play him anyway. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I feel like that's kind of your stock. Your yeah. stock. I, I think that you probably got the two best games from Gore all season the last two weeks because Singletary is going to come back. He is now going to start playing. Uh, the problem is it's kind of you know too late unless you've been stashing him all season. I mean, waiting seven weeks for a guy to play isn't really helping you, but this is when things can start to change and start to pivot. Uh, I agree with you. I think you got to probably play him this week, but I do think you've seen the best of him the last two weeks with no competition yeah. in the running back position. Uh, although I will say Yeldon looked pretty good last week catching balls. You know, let me tell you, I I, I'm glad you mentioned that because he really did. And that was a guy coming into camp where I kept saying, I'm going to keep an eye on this because I felt like Yeldon kind of fit what they might want to do in the offense, potentially, as they were still growing and developing Josh Allen. And then he just kind of got pushed to the wayside, which was fine because Singletary, I think, has the most long-term upside in the talent. That's the guy you want out there. But it's been very disappointing because you see the little spurts early on with Singletary and how good he can be when he's touching the football in the fourth quarter of games and just running over defenses that are tired. You know, you give him the ball five times, he's got 70 yards. You look up, you go, oh my God, that's an incredible thing. And they were using him very judiciously, very smartly late in games where defenses are just a little bit just tired out. And he's able to just make plays and go through and extend plays. And I think that's very important to this offense going forward. And if you can't keep bringing that, it's going to be it's going to be a long year for Buffalo if they don't have Allen and Singletary healthy on the field right away. Yeah, I, I think so. And it's, yeah, good point with the quarterback, too. I should have factored that in. Uh, OK, Ronald Jones this week at the Saints, Joe. Is it finally time to play him? No one has been playing him to this point, but he's looked good enough to where you're going to be on your app hitting that insert Ronald Jones into your lineup button in some of these 12 team leagues. Is he going to burn us this week? Is he going to be a bust and go back to what we thought? Or can you trust his performance? Oof, tough one. This, week. this is fascinating because the Saints defense has played so well. I know we talked about it yesterday. They have rallied around Teddy Bridgewater and they have carried this team to a W in Seattle, to a W at home against a, a pretty good Cowboys team. Uh, people will make jokes about the Cowboys. They're a good football team. They are. They have a ton of talent. And in both of those games, I think we can call the offense uninspiring. Yes, Michael Thomas had some catches. Yes, all that stuff. But so far, the offense hasn't kept up their end of the bargain. I just did a video on fan tracks about the Bucks offense this week. And the difference with the Bucks and some of the other teams they just played is the Bucks don't care about making mistakes. They were going to continue to just throw the ball, be aggressive, all these things, make a ton of mistakes. It's just going to happen. And then they're just going to keep out coming and doing that. Whereas some other teams have more discipline. And I think that's falling into the trap of the kind of game New Orleans wants to play. And I think the Bucs might give them a problem. They're also the 26th ranked defense against the run this year. So I am playing Ronald Jones. I think he has the upside for a touchdown in this game. I think if you look at the carry volume, I understand Peyton Barber is still looming there. He could still ruin your day. I'm going to trust Ronald Jones because of the matchup and because I think that they will just continue to be aggressive. And that means hand the ball off to, to Ronald Jones, trying to throw the ball deep, trying to do everything they can, no matter how many mistakes they make, it's like they don't learn, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is the one interesting player for me because I, I really don't think he's great, but I think that this is the guy that I circle with Bruce Arians because he seems to be using him like he used David Johnson in Arizona. It's getting very, it's starting to, you can see it like tick game to game a little bit where every week he seems like he's a little bit more important, even yeah. though Peyton Barber is annoying and gets a touchdown here and there. It's just, you're frustrated, but it seems like Ronald Jones is, he's like the long, like the rest of the season, I definitely want Ronald Jones, not Peyton Barber. I feel like it's going in that direction. 
Could be. All right, uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, at the Eagles. Th- uh, this normally would be a good matchup, but I mean, how do you bench Le'Veon Bell? Like, I, you don't. I, I, I feel like the Jets, in your worst case scenario, and and you, you were hoping for that a couple weeks ago, it didn't happen. But they're coming off a bye week at least. They gave you know Falk some more opportunities. But I can't. I cannot sit a RB one that if if Falk throws a ball in the back of the end zone, and there's a pass interference call, and the ball is on the one, Le'Veon Bell is getting free shots there. Provided that the guy scores, add up those extra points, he's going to get like 10 points, I think. I, I I can't call him a bust, Joe, but the numbers have been so ugly for him. At least he's playing and healthy. I guess that's the positive. He won't be a bust in PPR because I do think the volume will still be there. The touchdown upside is going to be limited, but the volume is going to be there. He'll catch six, seven balls. I'm sure of it. And he'll probably have an if you say all purpose, he'll have 100 yards and, you know, seven catches. Well, hell, that's a 17-point day. I think we're all pretty happy with that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. PPR. So I yeah. think you do trust him. You're, you're, you understand there's limitations in this offense now. And the Eagles' defense isn't great. I, I mean, let's let's not pretend like the Eagles' defense is very good. Against the run this year, they're 23rd. So they're not terrific. But this is the time to buy on Le'Veon Bell. I'm telling you, I talked about it last week. Buy him on the buy. No pun intended. But you buy him on the buy. The next couple weeks are kind of tough. You got the Eagles, Cowboys, Pats, Jags. After that... Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins. Okay, this is your window. Go get him. You might take some lumps in the next couple weeks, but the stretch run Le'Veon Bell is going to be something you want to be involved in, and Darnold will be back by then. Yeah, I, I, that, that's the key is getting Darnold back for sure. And, and once he does, I think everything's going to be okay. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was just not a factor at all in the offense for Pittsburgh. But I will say this, all of that Wildcat stuff that they're doing, I I think even with the Ravens not playing great defense, they're going to sniff that out. I I don't think that you can pull off that wild card. uh, Not at Wildcats. Not against Harbaugh. You do it once that everyone's like, oh, they're doing this. And then they figure, but it's it's good for one week for sure. They Um, caught the Bengals napping because the Bengals are a team that clearly does not prepare well. (laughs) So so, Juju is not a, a wide receiver one anymore with Mason Rudolph. That's done. There are some that feel he's not a wide receiver two anymore, and I think that could be fair. The question is, can you even trust him as a wide receiver three, Joe, in fantasy? You trust or bust with Juju this week? Well, if you're going to average out the first four games of the season for him, you're looking at a player who's catching uh, four and a half to five balls for about 70 yards. So that's an 11-point guy, and the touchdown upside is limited. We're looking at not a half touchdown, like a .3 touchdown, if you want to think of it in those terms of what you're getting for points potentially. So... That reeks of wide receiver two. So if you drafted him as your one and in your two is somebody a, a distant two, you've got a problem right now because I don't see this getting better as the schedule goes on. I don't think all of a sudden it's going to be miraculous. Now, look, it's not to say that Juju doesn't have the talent to break big plays. Of course he does. It's whether or not they can get him the football in the right opportunities and the right spots in stride to do that. And I think to a certain extent, you're also seeing it's a lot harder to be great when Antonio Brown isn't on the other side of the field with you. Like, it's just harder. Antonio Brown is so good at what he does on the field, on the field. Calm down, Craig. I don't want you to get upset. (laughs) On the field. That I think that the expectation was, yeah, well, it'll all be fine. Everything will always be fine. And it could very well have been if Roethlisberger was still there. But now that Roethlisberger is not, the idea that it's all going to be fine, I think you have to scrap that, crumple it up, and throw it in the trash. It's done. I think you're looking at a wide receiver, too, at best, the rest of the season is going to have a couple big games, but really not where you drafted him. He's not going to return value. No way. All right. Let's uh, throw a tight end in here. I was trying to find a, a, an off name, uh, one that I couldn't really find. But do you think that Trey Burton 
has more of a role now with Chase Daniel. Do you trust him this week against the Raiders in London? Uh, Trey Burton. You know, I do. I, I, I know, you know, it's it's one of those things where you stop and you think about it. And I saw this one and I went, oh, you know, where, where are we right now? Because Trey Burton was a guy I was very high on last year and it didn't really happen. A couple good games, but it did not happen where it should have. Trey Burton's a very good route runner. Trey Burton should be more successful in this offense. For some reason, it just didn't work last year. It was too inconsistent. And maybe we can hang that on Trubisky or maybe we hang it on Nagy and what they want to do. This year so far, it's the target volume hasn't been there. When Chase Daniel came in, look, last game, he only had two catches for 16 yards. I think against the Raiders in that particular matchup with the way their linebacking core is weak, that there's opportunity for Trey Burton. So if you're playing in a league and you got tight ends on buys or you're not happy with what's going on, he's floating out there on the wire. He could be a streaming tight end this week, but I don't think you can trust him at all. I think it's a complete dark throw and you can't be super excited about it. All right, that's our Trust or Bust segment for week five of the NFL. Perhaps we'll throw another one in tomorrow. But first, let's take a quick time out. And when we come back next, it is time to play as the wrong team favored in football. We'll look at some of the early lines. Of course, the Super Contest, Golden Nugget, all the Circa Contest lines come out a little bit later today. So tomorrow we'll get a better idea as to which way we're leaning on some of these games. But for now, let's take a look at if the wrong team is favored or not in the NFL. And we'll do that next Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia back with you here on our program. Joe and I will be in the house tomorrow for a little... Professor Pisapia taking a look at the week five of the NFL. We'll have a preview, of course, of the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, in addition to all the baseball games that are going on right now. And that's a lot of fun this time of the year to have day games and night games in the ALDS, NLDS. We'll get into all of that tomorrow here on the show. By the way, full-time fantasy coming your way at 2 o'clock today, and we have a lot to get to still here on this show. Speaking of which... Let's take a look at some of these early lines in the NFL, Joe, which will certainly shift around a little bit before Sunday's game. But we play this little game here on Thursday is the wrong team favored. And let me set it up for those of you who don't really understand what we're doing here. These are games in the NFL where we're looking at lines that are, you know, a team is favored by a point or two or three or maybe even four. Last week, had we said that is the wrong team favored Rams minus nine and a half? Yes. Wrong team was favored. Bucks won. Are the Colts <laughs> the Colts seven point favorites over the Raiders? Yes, wrong team was favored. But again, those team that's not expected in the NFL. Browns uh, plus seven were the wrong team was favored there too. It was a big dog week last week, which is fine. It happens a lot. I would say that it'll happen probably a lot this week too. It's uh, the nature of the beast in the NFL. So let's get started here and let's start off with the Thursday night game, which sets up to be a pretty nice one, at least on paper. The Seahawks, Joe, 
are a point and a half favorite against the Rams at home. Is the wrong team favorite in this game? You know, it's funny. My initial instinct is to say that, I guess the wrong team is favored that, that yeah, it should be the Rams. And then I think about how the Rams have played this year and their unwillingness to commit to running the football and the way their defense is played. And what makes it shaky is also you have the Bengals go in there to Seattle earlier this year and nearly pull out a victory. You have New Orleans saints go into that building without Drew Brees and win. So I don't, at this point, this one's a crazy one. I'm not surprised tough Very tough. that the yeah. margin is this small one and a half. I'm going to say the wrong team is favored because I think the Rams really need this game. And I think after the butt kicking that they got at home and the embarrassment that McVeigh's going to go and go back to the drawing board and come up with some stuff and they're going to find a way to win this game. So I am going to say the wrong team's favored, but I, I completely understand the line. Do you think the wrong team is favored here? Do you think that Seattle is my initial, quote favorite? My initial thought is, and again, with it, when a home team is only favored by a point, it's almost like the road team is favored because you're supposed to automatically uh, lay three points as the home favorite. It's always a three-point uh, home favorite advantage. in the uh, My reaction is yes. Because I love siding with teams that looked awful the week before. I love doing that. I think there's always an overreaction to that. I think the next game is maybe the biggest overreaction. But um, I do. I, I think the Rams have a chance. I will say this, though. I think that this is a field goal game. I, I, I can see this going back and forth and back and forth. Um, I, my lean would be toward taking the Rams. But whenever I, I have not a good Seattle whisperer over the last couple of years. Whenever I take them, they lose. Whenever I don't, they win. But my initial thought is, yes, the wrong team is favored. But I do think that by the time the game goes off, that the game will be even. I don't even think you'll be able to get a point and a half. If you want to make that bet, you probably have to make it now. Uh, Ravens at the Steelers. The Ravens are minus three and a half. And Joe, people are like screaming and yelling. Why should the Ravens be minus three and a half at Pittsburgh? But I will ask you, is the wrong team favored in this game? Ravens minus three and a half at Pittsburgh. No. No, the wrong team is not favored. No, I don't care what they did against the Bengals last week. The Steelers are not great. I'm sorry. They are really limited at this point. And I understand Baltimore. I'm the I'm the chief guy who's knocking on that thing, telling you how Baltimore's defense needs a lot of work. They have a lot of long ways to go here. But Lamar Jackson's going to give that Steelers defense just fits. And this is another one where teams come off a bad loss at home to a division opponent, and now they're going to go play another division opponent on the road, and they are a better football team. Let's not let let's not mince words about this. The Ravens are a better football team. I think they should be favored, and this line seems about right to me. Three and a half, I think, is right right where it should be, and I think the Ravens are still going to win this football game no matter what. If uh, I'll ask you this, Joe, if Cleveland beats Baltimore last week, twenty three twenty one in a close game. Yeah, which, which is certainly possible in any game. What would Baltimore be favored by in this game? Probably six and a half. Exactly. So this is just a massive overreaction, I think, to I last agree. week's game. It's one game, and um, and Pittsburgh, as you said, proving nothing against Cincinnati on Monday night. Baltimore, to me, is the superior team, but this is what has to be done in Vegas. You got to adjust the lines, and you got to make them so so it looks looks sexy on both sides. And and this one does seem like the right team is favored to me. I could see Baltimore winning it. By the way. Uh, you're laying three. You got the best kicker in the NFL. It never misses a kick, too. I always like that with Baltimore. Uh, yeah. Okay, Bengals minus three versus the Cardinals. Yikes. I don't really want to have anything to do with this one, Joe, but certainly what this is telling you is that Cincinnati is not nearly as bad as what we saw on Monday night, and it's telling you that the Cardinals are awful. 
<laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. I kind of throw my hands up at this one. I, it's who knows? Who How do you favor knows? the Bengals on the road, though? And now John Ross is out, too. So now they're down to just Boyd. Mixon's, you know, I can't even blame things on Mixon. He's been hurt. And then on top of that, the offense has been terrible and games are getting away from them. The game early. is in Cincinnati. Oh, I'm sorry. The game is in. I'm sorry. I, I always do this. I don't know why I do this. Verse means they're at home. I know. I know. I'm stupid in the morning. What do you want from me? I get. I'm stupid in the afternoon. I'm stupid in the morning. I, I make these things sometimes. My brain works too fast for my own good. But uh, you know, this game says yeah, no, you got to favor the No one is favored. Yeah, well, that's the only reason. This game says the two teams are even. When you see a minus three at home, it means there's no advantage because they're just handing the Bengals their three points because they're at home, and that's it. And that's I fair, you, I guess. These two teams are even. Uh, you are, I think, honestly, this game, you are guessing. You are just, you are flipping a coin and guessing which team doesn't turn the ball over more. That that would probably be my guess. That's who wins this game. So let's let's move on. Panthers minus three and a half against the Jaguars. Uh, Howard Bender and I last night, we did our live stream. Looks like Howard's going to be big on Jacksonville this week, but we were big last two weeks on the Panthers. Uh, wow, tough one, I think, here, because there's a little hook there, Joe. Minus three and a half. Is the wrong team favored here? Should Jacksonville be favored at Carolina? Uh, yeah, I think they should be. I, I'm I'm with Howard actually on this, which is not something you'll hear me utter that phrase all the time. <laughs> but I am. I, I I agree. I think Jacksonville deserves it. I think especially if Ramsey's active this week, which I would assume he will be. We'll see. I don't want to make assumptions when it comes to Jalen Ramsey, but or at the same any time, player with this holdout. Or any we're player. O, we're 0 for 3 trying to figure out the holdout. <laughs> but, yeah, I think Jacksonville right now, that's a team that I did not love coming into the season. And I think you're what starting to come around with Doug. I'm Marone. coming around. I am. I the Fu Manchu is turning me around. I think what it is. <laughs> By the way, Minshew, like, Minshew now 6 to 1. To win rookie, <laughs> oh that, boy, that's jumped, hasn't it? It'll be what two to one week? next week. What was it, it was last? T- week? It was ten to one. It was ten. Oh my god! Could so, ten to one. Don't you? Uh, football is a, a very emotional game, and I think they've caught lightning in a bottle. And now, when you start winning big games like this, it just—I don't know—you just kind of feed off of it, and everybody starts buying in. And I think they're buying in, and Fournette's ability to run the football. And, and look, Kyle Allen last week got a little check there. I mean, I think we all saw it. This is I don't I think that the wrong team is favored. I think Jacksonville is a better football team. So I do think this is an opportunity here to go with the Jaguars. I really do. Can you do something for me? Sure. Now you give me your PayPal address or your Venmo address, whatever, after the show (laughs) is over. Can you and I split like a $20 or $30 bet on Minshew to win rookie of the year before this gets out of hand? This is like our last chance to do this. Yeah, sure. This is it. Okay. Yeah, what like, do you want? Like, I'm in. I'm in. Let's we, do it. We, we would have had 10 to 1 last week, Joe. Do you realize that even if Minshew doesn't win rookie of the year, we just lost so much value on that bet. We could have bet 10 to win 100. Now we're only betting $10 to win 60. By the time next week, it's going to be $10 to Whatever win. Whatever you want to do, I'm in. I'm with you. Let's just let's take a shot. Text here. me after the show. We'll do it. We'll make it work. Oh, you look, you're there Saturday. You want, let's let's take us. Oh, yeah, you could do it. You could do, do it online. online. What are you talking let's, about? I want to take a stat. You're in Jersey. I want to take a stab at this Minshew bet. I like it. I like you got it. it. And, and by the way, in. and by the way, if they win this week, if they oh, win this it. week, <laughs> he's the favorite. He is the favorite to win rookie. Is he not? If they win this week, Joe, who's the favorite to win rookie of the year? If Jacksonville goes in the, into Carolina and wins. I don't know. I just, you got me, brother. I don't know. I'm with it's you. Him. I'm, I'm all in. Let's do it. All right. Man we got to do it this week. 
Uh, Saints minus three versus the Buccaneers. Everybody is so high on the Saints right now. Boy, I feel like this is dangerous, man. I I love the look here. I love the Saints. Oh, they beat Dallas. They beat Seattle. They look amazing. And now they play the worst team for them to be playing right now. And now they play the Bucs. And I don't like the Bucs either, but man, this is dangerous game here. So wrong team favorite in this one. It's it's like trying to reason with a crazy person playing the Buccaneers. Like, this, this, this line looks so bad that the Bucks must win because they, how can this after the Saints beat the Cowboys at home? They're only three against Tampa. What's that telling you? It's telling you that they don't like what they see out of Teddy Bridgewater running this offense. And how could you? So far, it's been pretty uninspiring. And I think everybody was waiting for it to get better at home this week. They gave him a pass on the road in Seattle first game, whatever. But it didn't get better. It got worse. So I think there's a lot of reason for concern there. And th- it's you're you're does like Billy the Kid, Bruce Arians. You're trying to fight somebody who's insane, who's got two guns and doesn't care. And he's going to fire and eventually he's going to hit you and you're going to hit him. But he doesn't care. He's just going to keep firing at you. You can't kill him. And they don't they have no discipline, no discipline. They don't mind making mistakes. So I I think the right team is favored. But I'm going to think along the lines with you that the Bucs are the worst team right now to come into this building and play them under these circumstances. This is the last team you want to see. And I, I would not be shocked at all. In fact, I think I'm going to be on this one this week of the Bucs winning this football game. I really am. Yeah, it could be. I, I think there's a chance of that happening. Um, okay, Titans Wouldn't that be versus- a story, too? They beat the Rams and the Saints back-to-back weeks? Yeah, it could be. In their building? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that would be amazing. Uh, Titans bills. we got to run through these quick uh, Titans minus two and a half against Buffalo. Do we want to just throw this game away? I have no idea. What do you got? No, no the court. right team's favor there with no quarter. I mean, which means Buffalo, win- will- Buffalo wins by like 40 or something, you know? come on we got to admit we got no no feel on tennessee either you can't set your watch to a titans game here's here's what you know about tennessee the second that you think that oh tennessee is pretty good they just lay an egg right like completely you can't like like Mariota against the bills defense you can't like him against that secondary the secondary is tremendous but at the same time if allen was in this game i'd take buffalo but i i can't do it right now i can't do it either i think the titans are the right favorite here because i think they will do their best to just control and grind it out and it's a very different contest for the bills defense this week against derrick henry than it was against the the patriots running back that's not derrick henry so that's going to be a different the way you can beat the bills is up front still and i think that's where they're going to attack them so it's gonna be a long derrick henry day for sure all right, uh, Cowboys, Packers. Boy, oh my gosh. Uh, interesting game here. We got to quit with this one, and uh, we're, this is our last one. Cowboys, Packers, Dallas minus three and a half. Wrong team favorite in this one. They're not giving any respect to that Cowboys start. No, I think the right team is favored. I do. I really do. I think the right team is favored here. I think Dallas went in there and got a little check, and that was the best thing that could happen to them, and I think – uh, Green Bay, I'm just not feeling Green Bay. And without Devontae Adams, that's a big loss for that offense. I'm sorry. We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. That's a good point, too. Yeah. You know, that's another that. big piece out of that offense. There, but they have had 10 days. That. You know, that's that's a that's a positive for them. Hey, Usually, they I don't care how many days they have. The day that they play the game is not going to be Devontae Adams. And he's oh, the best player. Strong Joe. Pizza Pizza. All right. We'll take a Boom. quick time out. We got the best of hour number one coming up. And then coming up next, what would you do with $3 million? Would you bet it on baseball? We'll talk about that next dailyrodo.com 
learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Saints minus three versus the Buccaneers. Everybody is so high on the Saints right now. Boy, I feel like this is dangerous, man. I, I love the look here. I love the Saints. Oh, they beat Dallas. They beat Seattle. They look amazing. And now it's they the play the worst Bucs. team for them to be playing right and now. And now they, they play the Bucs. Work. And I don't like the Bucs either, but man, this is a dangerous game here. So wrong team favorite in this one. It's it's like trying to reason with a crazy person playing the Buccaneers. Like, this, this, this line looks so bad that the Bucs must win because they, how can this after the Saints beat the Cowboys at home? They're only three against Tampa. What's that telling you? It's telling you that they don't like what they see out of Teddy Bridgewater running this offense. And how could you? So far, it's been pretty uninspiring. And I think everybody was waiting for it to get better at home this week. They gave him a pass on the road in Seattle, first game, whatever. But it didn't get better. It got worse. So I think there's a lot of reason for concern there. And th- it's you're you're does like Billy the Kid, Bruce Arians. You're trying to fight somebody who's insane, who's got two guns and doesn't care. And he's going to fire and eventually he's going to hit you. And you're going to hit him, but he doesn't care. He's just going to keep firing at you. You can't kill him. And they don't they have no dis- no discipline. They don't mind making mistakes. So I I think the right team is favored. But I'm going to think along the lines with you that the Bucks are the worst team right now to come into this building and play them under these circumstances. This is the last team you want to see. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today. <laughs> 